1: Forget the crap online and listen to Science verses. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes.
0: What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon.
1: There's a new class of blockbuster drugs. Drugs
0: like Ozempic. They're
1: changing bodies. And all of a sudden, just the weight. Starts falling off. Fortunes. It just got too expensive. They're just bank breakers. And industries. There was a lot of excitement. There was a lot of skepticism. The
0: impact of these drugs from business to health is just beginning. From the
1: journal Trillion Dollar Shot. Find it in the journal feed wherever you get your podcasts. Due to the graphic nature of this cult's crimes, listener discretion is advised. This episode includes discussions of graphic material that some people may find offensive. We advise extreme caution for listeners under 13.
0: A fancy nightclub in San Francisco, 1944. Cigarette smoke casts a fog over the darkened hall. At the bar, Arthur Bell takes a swig of expensive bourbon.
1: Across the room, someone recognizes him, a reporter for a local tabloid. The reporter starts making notes, and Bell is all too keen to let him.
0: Bell's followers will know better. This isn't a night on the town. It's a reconnaissance mission. He was gathering information on the enemy, the relentless machine, hell-bent on suppressing the working class.
1: Bell's followers trusted him. He was the only one capable of bringing down these hidden rulers, Only he could overthrow the powers that be and deliver his followers to a hidden utopia. All Bell asked for in return was their money, their homes, and their lives.
0: Hi, I'm Greg Polson.
1: And I'm Vanessa Richardson.
0: And this is Cults. Today, we'll conclude our deep dive into how Arthur Bell transformed his cult, Mankind United, into Christ's Church of the Golden Rule. After the FBI leveled sedition charges against him, many of his followers scattered. Bell had to come up with a new plan to bring in more followers and more money. Followers believed this money would go toward the church, while Bell had dreams of a more lavish lifestyle.
1: You can listen to previous episodes of Cults, as well as all of ParCast's other shows, wherever you listen to podcasts. A new episode comes out every Tuesday. A lot of you have asked how you can help support the
0: show. And if you enjoy the podcast, the best way to do that is to leave a five-star review.
1: You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and on Twitter at Parcast Network. From the 1939 establishment of Mankind United until the Sedition Trial of 1942, the cult's followers had no idea Bell was the leader. They believed he was the mouthpiece for a network of powerful and wealthy elites.
0: In part one of our two-part episode, we explored how Arthur Bell founded the cult in California. We also investigated the tenets and beliefs of
1: Mankind United we explored how he led his followers to believe that there was a group of evil, hidden rulers who benefited from the suffering of the poor.
0: Bell explained to his followers that their only hope was a group of wealthy people called the Sponsors who wanted to save humanity. They just needed to see proof that a large following was devoted to their cause before they'd reveal their 30-day plan to establish a utopia.
1: Unfortunately for Bell, right as things were really taking off for his cult, the FBI swooped in. They convicted Bell and several of his cult members of wartime sedition for preaching against the war effort.
0: In today's episode, we'll explore how Bell established Christ's Church of the Golden Rule after the trial. This new scheme allowed him to become a tax-exempt church and extort his followers for millions.
1: The sedition trial began on December 18th, 1942, when Bell was 43 years old, The bombing of Pearl Harbor had occurred almost exactly a year before, thrusting America into the Great War.
0: During his trial, Bell had become an object of fascination for the tabloids. They gushed over his charisma and magnetism. He wasn't classically handsome, but he was striking, with dark hair and shrewd eyes that never gave off warmth.
1: Like many cult leaders, this charisma allowed him to manipulate his followers into believing his every word.
0: But charisma wasn't enough to save him in court. The trial took five weeks and resulted in five-year prison sentences for Bell and six of his bureau managers. Five other leaders involved with the cult were served with lesser sentences. Three of the cult leaders charged were women.
1: All of the cult leaders appealed these charges. The next four years would be riddled with legal disputes as they tried to escape jail time. Despite the looming charges, Bell confidently moved forward with plans to establish a new church immediately after the trial.
0: The financial strain of these legal troubles meant that the coffers for Mankind United had run dry. Bell had also lost a large number of followers during the trial.
1: But if his legal troubles upset him, he didn't show it. Arthur Bell first began to discuss starting a church in 1943, even while he had a looming prison sentence. This church would spread the teachings of Christ with focus on the Golden Rule, the thought that all humans should live in complete economic equality.
0: On June 5, 1943, the remaining Mankind United followers received a questionnaire that asked if they'd be willing to live in close contact with fellow cult members. They were also asked if they'd be willing to pool resources in dedication to the cause little did these remaining followers know that they'd be pooling their resources so Bell could live the lavish life of his dreams.
1: Numbers for the cult had been dramatically dropping in the years before the trial. At its peak, approximately 250,000 people had expressed some degree of interest in Mankind United, either by going to a meeting or buying the book. It's difficult to know just how many were active members given the cult's secrecy. However, there were only 11,500 members by 1941, 3,500 by 1942, and after the trial in early 1943, only 850 people applied to be members of the church.
0: According to H.T. Dorman, author of California Cult, The Story of Mankind United, quote, Taking advantage of a clause in California law that made it possible for dummy directors to sign the application for incorporation, one of Bell's attorneys incorporated the church on January 20th, 1944, without the California Incorporating Commission, knowing that Mankind United leaders were involved in the transaction, end quote.
1: Essentially, Bell had a friend file the paperwork for him, then took the reins as head of a new cult. The primary benefit of establishing said cult as a church was that Bell was able to claim a federal tax exemption. Though legally Bell had found a loophole for establishing the church as a separate entity from Mankind United, it was clear to anyone familiar with the cult that the two were related.
0: A federal judge who reviewed the issue at the time said, quote, now there are so many, many references to Mankind United and the formation of the corporation in the literature, which we have here in evidence, that there cannot be any doubt whatsoever that Christ Church of the Golden Rule is just a logical, consistent step in the development of the Mankind United program. End quote.
1: Bell may not have been fooling anyone about Christ Church of the Golden Rule being unrelated to Mankind United, but he'd gotten his tax exemption and was legally free to continue with his cause. At the dawn of 1944, the church doors were open. All he needed was a growing fan base.
0: Meanwhile, Americans in 1944 were rocked by the impact of World War II. Prior to the bombing of Pearl Harbor, the American government had adopted an isolationist policy. The country was not interested in getting involved with the war effort.
1: After the bombing, America abandoned this policy and leapt into action. For everyday Americans, this meant that they went from living normal lives to being forced to ration clothing, food, and gas for the war effort.
0: Radio reports provided Americans with brief glimpses into what was happening overseas. But overall, people felt scared and in the dark about the war abroad.
1: People were also worried about night raids. They had bomb shelters built in their basements. Entire cities conducted drills on how to survive airstrikes. The air was thick with anxiety and tension. But for Arthur Bell, this was the exact opportunity he needed to manipulate new followers.
0: Bell soothed potential members with the idea of a commune unaffected by the war effort. He didn't play coy about needing money. He was upfront with followers about needing immediate donations for the church. But in return, he could offer them ease of mind and hope. Two things that the public had been starving for. All things considered, that wasn't so high a price.
1: Church bulletins at the time read, "...pledge at least one-half of your total salary or other income to increasing the productive facilities of our state group. Beg, borrow, or mortgage your property. No procrastination. No resting on your oars for those next weeks."
0: Money at the time was incredibly tight for the majority of middle-class Americans. This group was the one most drawn to his cause— though people from both lower and higher classes also pledged membership to the church.
1: In addition to appealing strongly to people with a middle-class background, middle-aged women were very drawn to the church.
0: This was largely because women weren't discriminated against in the church and had access to all the same opportunities that men did. In many cults, women tend to be treated as less than. Bell offered a rare reprieve from these institutionalized gender roles.
1: The average church member had achieved a 10th grade level of education. Many had to leave school to provide for their families. Oddly, this might have made them feel a sense of kinship with Bell. The church
0: members were largely similar to Bell in that they were proud of being self-taught versus having received a formal education. They felt proud of the fact that they'd taken it upon themselves to learn more, that education hadn't been guaranteed.
1: Even though the trial had made many followers question Bell's motives and abandon his cause, those who stayed felt they were right on the cusp of uncovering buried truths. This feeling of finally getting honest answers kept them loyal to the church. They felt like someone was finally explaining to them why life had been so difficult, why they were being held down by an unfair system.
0: They felt fired up about changing the world and overthrowing the oppressive, hidden rulers.
1: World War II made many people feel helpless. Bell's movement gave them something to do and to which they could devote themselves.
0: Mankind united members who voiced a continued sense of loyalty to Bell were invited to train as student ministers.
1: He made these people feel as though they were special and were being offered a rare opportunity that would be absurd to pass up.
0: Vanessa is going to take over on the psychology here and throughout the episode. Please note, Vanessa is not a licensed psychologist, but she has done a lot of research for this show.
1: Thanks, Greg. John Patrick Peterson, a psychologist at the California Institute of Technology, has studied how the human desire for stability and comfort can drive followers to join a cult. People were scared and anxious about the state of the world at this time, and Bell's promises of utopia were soothing— The church also gave people something to focus their energy on instead of worrying about the outcome of the war.
0: The war had drastically changed life in America. The new job demand created by the war production effort meant that unemployment had been nearly eradicated.
1: Rationing also deeply impacted Americans. The sayings, Don't you know there's a war on? and Do with less so they'll have more were commonly used to encourage people to live as frugally as they could.
0: Americans had to be strategic about the materials they used, as they faced many shortages, including gas, food, and clothing.
1: Americans had to ration anything that could be used by soldiers overseas. They began growing their own gardens due to the food shortages. These were referred to as victory gardens. They had produced a billion tons of food by the end of the war.
0: But Bell saw this as an opportunity to reap more than vegetables. He figured people were already living frugally due to the wartime rationing. So living frugally in a commune didn't sound like a dramatic shift. Bell made it sound especially tantalizing by telling them these things would only be difficult at first. Then their lives would be carefree and easy, even after the war was won.
1: Psychologist John Patrick Peterson's research shows that when a person is faced with uncertain circumstances, they're more likely to be vulnerable to a cult leader's dogma.
0: The cult provides an outlet to comfort them during fearful times. They suddenly have a place where they feel like they belong.
1: Cult leaders offer what other healthier outlets can't. According to Peterson, cult leaders promise, quote, complete financial security, constant peace of mind, perfect health, and eternal life, end quote. There's nowhere else a person can turn for such comforting assurances. So though followers may have had small doubts, they were willing to chase the glimmer of hope that Bell offered.
0: In truth, Bell was a master manipulator, hell-bent on deceiving his followers to amass wealth. He was smart. He made sure that Christ's Church of the Golden Rule differed from the tenets of Mankind United, just enough to throw the scent.
1: One ex-follower described a church meeting as follows, quote, Mr. Bell came out on the rostrum, The first words he said were, Today we are a church. And everybody clapped. Then he read part of the charter to us, and everybody laughed as he went along because it encompassed so many things. We were able, according to the charter, to do most anything. If the state of California had known that Mankind United was behind this church, they never would have granted the charter. Bell said, We really put one over on the state this time. That is exactly what he said. End quote.
0: Indeed, the state of California had no idea that Bell was about to double down on his illicit activities, destroy the life savings of thousands of followers, and do so to thunderous applause.
1: We'll delve into Bell's double life after a quick break. Now back to the story.
0: On its face, according to author H.T. Dorman, the Christ Church of the Golden Rule believed in preaching economic equality and promoting the spiritual, moral, and financial welfare of all mankind.
1: By 1944, members were urged to engage in educational activities to spread the word of the church. Financial aspects of the church were key components. Dorman writes that two purposes of the church were to receive donations, contributions, tuitions, and any and all forms of income, and to engage in the purchasing, owning, selling, exchanging, mortgaging, and encumbering of real estate or other properties.
0: Bell may have refocused his cult toward religion, but the church was even more blatantly geared toward bringing in money than Mankind United had been.
1: Bell drew on his previous real estate experience during this time, savvy about finding property to expand the church. He told people he had plans to purchase $3 million worth of real estate.
0: A church bulletin published on July 4, 1944, read, quote, ask yourselves if any other church in the world has even dared to dream of achieving such a result for its members, let alone actually take the business footsteps through which to accomplish the result. We believe it is only the kind of church that Christ Jesus would have considered worthy to promulgate his teachings. In other words, a church of works as well as of words.
1: On the surface, the church was expanding to better preach the word of Jesus and do good for humanity. However, this facade was secretly Bell's way of raking in money through real estate and milking his remaining loyal followers for all they were worth.
0: According to Time Magazine, Bell's real estate dealings brought the church's assets up to an estimated $3,400,000. California newspapers at the time estimated that the church's worth may have even been close to $5 million. That would be nearly $70 million in today's money.
1: The church was expanding financially far faster than Mankind United had. Bell's power also dramatically increased. He appointed himself church trustee and had final say before anyone was approved to join the church.
0: Bell also retained the power to excommunicate anyone from the church. This put pressure on members to dedicate all of their time, energy, and money to the cause in order to prove their loyalty.
1: One follower who described the church membership application process said, quote, if we raised any questions, they told us to read between the lines. They said that such airtight wording was necessary to escape the present political persecution. Before we could think it over carefully, we were rushed into signing the application for membership. End quote.
0: As he had with Mankind United, Bell continued to promise his followers that though times were tough now, these were simply the dues they had to pay to achieve a utopia.
1: Pressure to join the cult was much higher than it had been before the trial. People who had expressed any degree of interest were harangued by church leaders with calls and visits to their homes.
0: Leaders from the church would reach out to people repeatedly to urge them to apply as members. According to Dorman, these high-ups, quote, "...applied pressure from every angle of cultic, religious, and economic idealism." If one of the members of a family joined, he was used as an avenue through which the others were drawn in, end quote.
1: Mankind United had been less of a commitment. One only needed to purchase the book to be a member. Christ's Church of the Golden Rule required a member to give up everything they owned and move on to church property. So Bell struggled to stir up interest in the same way he had with Mankind United.
0: But ever the con man, Bell twisted this dilemma into a virtue— He told the followers who had elected to become members that they were the chosen ones. He shifted the narrative into one where those who were giving up their material goods had done so, to be trailblazers for a cause much greater than themselves.
1: One cult member remembered Bell reading the charter to his congregation and ensuring them that they were embarking upon a crusade, that they would be subjected to many hardships, He called the church a camping trip, wherein members would be tested in every way. Bell said he wanted to see the stuff they were made of, whether they were truly willing to incorporate the golden rule into their daily lives.
0: Bell seemingly felt no guilt taking this money from people struggling during the wartime years. And bear in mind that throughout 1944, he was still appealing his conviction from the sedition trial in 1943. He was manipulating people out of millions while still facing prison time.
1: Psychiatrist Robert Reich says that pathological liars are motivated by low self-esteem. They have a deep lack of self-worth, and this motivates them to lie themselves into a seemingly higher position.
0: As described by Dr. Howard Foreman, medical director of the Addiction Consultation Service, quote, I think if there is one central, almost universal motivating factor, it is the avoidance of shame."
1: We may not know much about Bell's upbringing, but we know he grew up very poor. Bell's laser focus on wealth may have been to make up for a deep sense of feeling low-class. He desperately climbed his way up the social ladder and didn't care who he had to destroy to do it.
0: Much of Bell's behavior was hypocritical. He didn't ban his followers from drinking and smoking, But it was clear that he looked down on any who did. He claimed that he himself never drank
1: and was a vegetarian. However, in mid-1944, the tabloids reported that he had been seen at fancy nightclubs happily drinking the night away. He used all kinds of excuses to bat away these rumors. Sometimes he would claim he had to visit nightclubs to gather information for the sponsors.
0: Other times, Bell would claim that it wasn't he who had been spotted, but one of the doubles the sponsors had given him. These were supposedly doppelgangers who had been provided to help him spy on outsiders.
1: In Bell's own words, quote, "...as to how much or how little wine I, or my doubles, may have imbibed in, acting the part we have to act, it is not important." We shall not lower ourselves to answer gossip or types of slanderous attack unless there is something to be gained by our answering, end quote.
0: It was clear Bell lived a lavish life. He had nice clothes, stayed in nice hotels, and ate fancy food. In stark contrast, his followers lived in incredibly harsh conditions. They were pressured into grueling 12-hour workdays, six days a week. This time was dedicated to expanding the church, Activities included reading church texts, conducting meetings, and writing for church publications and sermons.
1: They weren't paid for their work. They were simply given a place to live. They had to survive on a $40 budget each month for food. That would be about $553 in today's money.
0: Bell, meanwhile, had several chic apartments in San Francisco. He told his followers that this was a necessity so his privacy could be protected. People outside the cult sneered at the hypocrisy of Bell owning multiple nice homes, including a $75,000 mansion in Los Angeles, while his followers lived in poverty.
1: It's important to note that Bell had no income of his own. He leached off the church constantly— Additionally, his second wife, a woman 29 years his senior, was wealthy enough to support them both. Almost nothing is known about her or their marriage, but it seems as though Bell truly had found his very own sponsor.
0: Bell's followers ignored these hypocritical actions. They clung to the belief that there was a reason behind his lifestyle. He had convinced them that he was infiltrating the outside rather than simply squandering their life savings.
1: Bell was charismatic enough to pull off the scam. This was largely because his entire personality was carefully calculated. He used colloquialisms familiar to people from more rural areas, such as by golly or by Jiminy. This familiarity made them feel closer to him. But when in the presence of social elites, he could switch his personality on a dime.
0: He was theatrical, and he knew how to present himself in a way that made him seem like a higher up that deserved respect. In short, Bell was a liar.
1: As Dorman writes, quote, All the cult followers, even those who became embittered and dropped out, attested to this magnetic quality in the prophet. Said one, he was able to hold an audience spellbound. Another recalled having been thrilled and entranced for six hours listening to him one night, adding, He made goose pimples run up my back. I had never heard anybody like him, and I've heard a lot of science lecture. End quote.
0: This hypnotic quality is what convinced followers to remain devoted to the cause, despite the clear evidence that Bell was a con man.
1: Cult leaders sway followers in this way by setting up an us-against-them mentality. In the words of psychoanalyst Dr. Stanley H. Ketch, quote, often they set up a we-they philosophy. We have the truth and they do not, end quote. If you can get followers to buy into your message, it's easy for them to see everything through this filter.
0: Bell preached continuously to his followers that outsiders of the cult were consciously trying to undermine them and obliterate their cause. He made them view everyone on the outside as an enemy.
1: Therefore, his followers ignored the blatant evidence that he was going out drinking. They chose to believe that this was all an elaborate plan to spy on outsiders. They were part of a secret mission. They felt included.
0: To his followers, he always appeared to be one step ahead of everyone else. He was a genius, constantly working to save them and help them found a utopia.
1: Though it would have been easy for his followers to get burned out with the workload and frugal living situation, many followers felt they'd found a community. Cults provide people with a sense of belonging, which is exactly what Arthur Bell's followers got in the commune he'd established.
0: World War II was a time of isolation. After the bombing of Pearl Harbor, Americans felt unsafe in a way they never had before. The U.S. had gotten involved in a war many Americans wanted nothing to do with. It was a tense and lonely time.
1: Research into cults shows that the most vulnerable people are those going through a major life change, This uncertain time leaves them open to predators like Bell because they're looking for a sense of stability and hope.
0: Bell provided the stability by giving them a roadmap to follow to utopia. Little did they know, Bell's path to utopia was much more likely to drag them all to hell.
1: We'll learn more about the downfall of the Golden Rule after this break.
0: Now, back to the story.
1: By mid-1944, Bell's followers had focused their whole lives on the Church of the Golden Rule. They were constantly reading about, writing about, or listening to something related to the Church. They were all under Arthur Bell's spell. He'd convinced them that utter devotion to the Church would bring about utopia.
0: Being around one another constantly made everyone in the group grow incredibly close.
1: So although Bell's followers weren't living in the utopia they'd dreamed of, simply having a close group of people to lean on offered them a fulfilling sense of connection.
0: The fact that the community was a tiny one also meant that people grew more fervent about Bell's ideas. There were no outsiders around to argue with them. All day they discussed the tenets of the church and the fact that they had been chosen for the task of establishing this utopia.
1: Robert Lifton, author of Thought Reform and the Psychology of Totalism, writes of this specific cultic trait, quote, The most basic feature of the thought reform environment, the psychological current upon which all else depends, is the control of human communication. End quote. Cult leaders cut their followers off from the outside world and gain even more control over them as a result. They then get to decide which news filters into the community and the tone with which it's presented.
0: Bell may have lost many of his followers after the sedition trial, but the ones that remained were wildly loyal to his cause. Furthermore, the longer they remained in the commune, the more devoted they became.
1: The student ministers were given the freedom to conduct the devotional services as they saw fit
0: they were also in charge of writing a weekly digest that they passed out at the discussion meetings.
1: When the followers weren't doing church activities, they were doing field work. Bell and his followers were attempting to set up a commune that could function completely independent of the outside world.
0: Overall, there was a feeling of pride among the cult members. They were convinced that they were gaining momentum and establishing the utopia Bell had been preaching about since 1939. But after a whirlwind year of church activity in 1944, cracks began to show. That summer, when cult members discovered that Bell had rented out the church's trailer trucks to be used for hauling oil, a rebellion broke out.
1: The followers were furious that Bell would accept money for something so capitalistic that in no way served Christ. The uprising was led by a normally mild-mannered project manager who lambasted Bell for feeding the god of war and, as he called it, prostituting the church equipment to the black captain. Other cult leaders attempted to soothe the project manager and other cult members, but the angry members ultimately left the commune.
0: Rebellions became more and more common in the cult. They were especially common if a project manager, the person in charge of managing a subset of the church, was inept. The better a project manager was at keeping the followers busy, the less likely discontent was to grow among the ranks.
1: Skirmishes also broke out if cult members sensed hypocrisy among the leaders. Some members began to realize that not all of their leaders were living the pious, moral life that they preached. Over the course of the next year, their resentment snowballed.
0: Meanwhile, in July 1945, Bell made a huge misstep. For reasons he wouldn't explain, he chose to sell nine Los Angeles church projects. These were valued at a total of $1,500,000. It appeared to be an entirely financially motivated move.
1: These church projects didn't sell as quickly as Bell had hoped, so he chose to auction them off in October 1945.
0: But Bell had bigger problems. Soon after, the California Attorney General called for the resignation of Arthur Bell as church trustee, alleging financial mismanagement. Bell had been bleeding money. They requested that a receiver in bankruptcy be appointed and for the church to be closed.
1: It turns out that this sudden accusation was due to a number of complaints that had flooded into the attorney general's office about the living conditions within the commune.
0: Cult members were demanding their possessions back from Bell. They had reached their breaking point.
1: This sudden change in attitude may have been the result of cult members noticing more and more hypocrisy among cult leaders. Bell's real estate dealings may have made it clear to them that, though they were living frugally, Bell had access to millions of dollars in assets.
0: At this point, Bell chose to voluntarily declare bankruptcy. This meant that the church's properties couldn't be seized. He fought to lose as little real estate as possible.
1: A drawn-out legal battle began in 1945. A reminder, Bell was still only halfway through appeals for his sedition conviction, which meant that he was now volleying between two lengthy, expensive legal battles.
0: The cult members turned on one another. On one side were the diehard followers, the people who still believed in Bell's cause and still had faith in the establishment of a utopia.
1: On the other were angry dissenters who saw Bell as a con man and a fraud and wanted their worldly possessions returned to them, Bell had not only ripped them from their lives and lied to them, he had stolen the chance for them to escape and rebuild.
0: If Bell felt stressed from the legal wrangling he was dealing with, he didn't let on publicly. Instead, Bell was most likely plotting his next move as he waited for his lawyers to settle the lawsuits.
1: But to complicate matters, towards the end of 1945, many of the church projects which had served as homes for the followers were closed down if they were in the red— This left many followers suddenly homeless.
0: At first, the cult members all tried to congregate in the remaining church projects around San Jose. But due to the overcrowding, the followers were pushed to do something Bell had been urging them to avoid since the establishment of the church. In 1946, they began to branch out into the surrounding community of San Jose. It's important to note that since the beginning of Mankind United, Bell had repeatedly told his followers that outsiders would destroy their mission.
1: Now that times were dire, the cult members were forced to play nice with the community at large. They attempted to ingratiate themselves as best they could.
0: The cult members themselves spoke of how they earned the respect of church outsiders. In contrast, the community had a very different view. They pitied and tended to look down on the followers
1: said one member of the Petaluma Chamber of Commerce, quote, Well, I would say that the general sentiment is pretty much a sentiment of pity for them. People feel sorry for them, on the grounds that they work pretty hard, for which, as I understand it, they do not get the religious benefits and their food and clothing. No pay, they are very poorly dressed, end quote.
0: The surrounding community at the time was largely secular. Therefore, the influx of highly religious people stood out dramatically in the city.
1: As his following dwindled to approximately 700 members, Bell became even stricter as a leader.
0: He changed his title from church trustee to senior elder. He released new church laws that were even stricter than the ones that had come before. Though the church had the lowest membership numbers since its founding, Bell possessed more power than ever over his followers. By 1947, Bell's lawyers had nearly wrapped up the appeal process for the sedition trial. Bell knew he'd soon be free without fear of jail time.
1: Bell's stranglehold on his followers couldn't save the church, though. It continued to crumble financially. From 1948 to 1951, the church bled money and had the majority of its assets liquidated by the courts. Bell's wild spending had squandered every last cent.
0: In December 1951, the cult leaders had finally paid off all of the claims from former followers. The bankruptcy proceedings finally drew to a close, and the leaders were left with ownership over the scattered remains of what had been a property worth millions.
1: As the church crumbled, Bell made fewer and fewer public appearances. In 1951, he released a bulletin to his followers that announced that the sponsors were no longer interested in creating a utopia. According to Bell, the mission had failed, and there was no longer any chance of the sponsors swooping in to save humanity.
0: In the bulletin, Bell wrote that the sponsors felt the overwhelming percentage of lazy and almost wholly selfish human beings now occupying this planet didn't deserve utopia. Bell wrote, quote, "...our Earth will gradually be abandoned until its evil elements of leadership and population have carried out their self-destruction." and until the poisons released by the widespread use of atom bombs, gases, and death rays have ceased to affect life on this Earth, end quote.
1: Rather than utopia being brought to Earth, Bell's bulletin went on a rambling exploration about how life could be established on other planets. He spoke of how peaceful it would be, light years away from Earth. He told
0: followers about a pioneer program that anyone loyal could join, after an extensive screening process.
1: He wrote, quote, the transition, rejuvenation, and re embodiment of all persons will be solely under the jurisdiction of our sponsor's research department. Those who, in their thoughts, desire to have this experience and have shown their right to receive it will be so classified. Quote.
0: However, according to Bell, one could only transition to being capable of living on another planet in the moment just preceding their death.
1: He told his followers in this bulletin that they had to continue with church projects in their lifetimes in order to be ready for their rebirth. In Bell's words, quote, You will thus be more fully prepared to take your place in the new civilization, which is your ultimate rebirth right. End quote.
0: In this final bulletin, Bell also announced to his remaining followers that his responsibilities with the International Legion of Vigilantes the group he said had first contacted him about Mankind United, had hugely increased and he would no longer be able to lead them.
1: He gave over the reins to one of his lieutenants, Adelaide P. Nordscott, and promptly disappeared from the public eye.
0: After Bell's sudden disappearance, the last few crumbling remains of his church turned to ash. Young cult members left to pursue job opportunities outside of the church, Older members left, too, so they could qualify for old-age pensions. Many others headed home to rejoin their families.
1: The church struggled on. Their numbers had shrunk to 250 by 1953. Further financial troubles continued to rock the group. By 1956, fewer than 100 members remained.
0: After years of legal troubles, shifting promises, and financial manipulations, The remaining cult members settled into a quiet life devoted to Bell's cause. They waited for the moment just before death, when they'd finally move on to the utopia he'd promised.
1: And so marked the end of Bell's great scheme. He'd led a cult that skyrocketed in popularity only to crumble within a decade. He gained and lost millions of dollars manipulating people, then disappeared. He never made a public statement again.
0: In the end, we know very little about the kind of man Bell was. There are very few details about his childhood, and we know nothing about his life after Mankind United and the Church of the Golden Rule.
1: All we know for sure is that for 11 years, he preyed on those vulnerable to his scheme and was able to pry money out of them even during the toughest financial times in American history.
0: Bell's final message to his followers was optimistic. Quote, "...keep your faith and your vision bright and clear, for almost before you know that it has happened, you will have passed through the mists of uncertainty and confusion of thought, and will be living as God intended that his children should live." End quote.
1: Bell's remaining followers continued to live out of the ramshackle remains of the church projects. Somehow, they remained devoted to Bell for the rest of their lives, waiting for a promised land that would only find them in death. Their final thoughts would have rested on the hope that, at long last, they would see the utopia their faith had built. Thanks again for tuning in to Cults. We'll be back with another episode next Tuesday.
0: Some of you have asked how you can help the show. If you enjoy cults, the best way to help is to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening. You can find cults and all of ParCast's podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, CastBox, TuneIn, or on your favorite podcast directory.
1: You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram as at ParCast and Twitter at ParCastNetwork.
0: We'll see you next time.
1: Cults was created by Max Cutler and is a production of Cutler Media and is part of the ParCast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler, sound design by Russell Nash, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro and Paul Mahler. Additional production assistance by Maggie Admire and Carly Madden. Cults is written by Mandy Bossard and stars Greg Polson and Vanessa Richardson.